Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of that vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death, and lease his vineyard to other tenants, who will give him the produce at the proper time. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord this has been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. If you're a Bengals fan, you can perhaps remember different draft busts like Akili Smith and a number of others, or if you're a Browns fan, perhaps you can remember the Tom Couches or a number of other draft picks that proved to be bust, that never really lived up to their potential. And even in a way, I can kind of identify with this, that there was this expectation as I got into high school that I would be a much better wrestler than I ever really ended up becoming. And in today's gospel, we hear about the vineyard that our Lord plants, and figuratively that this landowner plants. He gives the tenants everything they could ever need in order to produce its fruits. He doesn't even just simply give them the land. He plants the vineyard. He puts a hedge around it to protect it from intruders and from other things that would come to destroy the vineyard puts a wine press so that they have something to even produce the wine with, builds a tower to keep watch. Everything they need to tend, to care for, is provided for them. And then he simply leases it to them. He sets them up for every opportunity to succeed. But then when it comes time for them to return on the fruit of their work, they ultimately throw out the servants that this landowner sends to obtain his share of the produce, his share of the profit. And they reject them, and they even eventually reject the son. And in this parable, we find ultimately that Jesus is speaking first to the people of Israel, that as we see Isaiah share a similar parable in our first reading today. The people of Israel have been given every opportunity they have been given every chance. God has made covenant after covenant with them. He has sent prophet after prophet to warn them, to tell them to turn back, to turn to him, to put away their idols, 
to treat their neighbor with justice and to worship him alone. But then again and again, they reject him. And then in today's parable in the gospel, we could say that this applies to us. It's a warning to us. Because ultimately, we are the new Israel. If you've ever been to the Easter Vigil, there's a very clear marking out that that is our Passover. That Jesus, passing over from his life to his death, is a new Passover, making us the new chosen people, making us the new Israel. And so this parable applies to us, too, as members of the church, as part of the baptized, as part of the body of Christ. And so this parable is to be something that we should read in a rather personal manner. And as we look at this gospel, we, too, need to take these things to heart. Because I think it is so easy for us to fall into simply going with the flow, going through the motions to simply do what we've always done. But what this gospel shows us is that God has given us every single opportunity. Whenever we were baptized, we were washed free of original sin. The stain we had inherited from our first parents was wiped away, and we became children of God, no longer merely his creatures, no longer merely his servants, but his beloved sons and daughters. And in every subsequent sacrament, in confirmation, God invites us into his life. He invites us to share this salvation with others, to proclaim the gospel in our lives, to share the good news of salvation with our family, our friends, our co-workers, and all others that we encounter. And then, of course, here at this Mass, heaven comes down. Heaven and earth touch. The entire host of heaven becomes present. Jesus pours out the fruits of his, of his crucifixion upon us. He offers us the assurance, the pledge of eternal life and his resurrection. He gives us his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. So much grace flows into this Mass. So much grace can be poured out into our hearts if we would but receive it. Like the tenants, God has set us up for success. He has given us everything we need to become the saints, the disciples that he's calling each and every one of us, you and me, to be. But are we willing to make a return on that investment? Are we willing to give to him in return? Or do we complain that it's not enough? If only it was this way in my life. If only my life was set up in this way. If only the church was this way. If only it was done this way. Because it also applies in our life. Everything you have, from the very gift of life itself, to the clothes on your back, to the food on your table, is ultimately a gift from our loving Father. Everything. 
And there is to be a return on that. We are called to worship him first and foremost, to put away our idols. Whether our idols are the esteem of others, our pride, even perhaps our phones, and to put him first. And even I think as we look at our reading from Isaiah, there's a theme in the Old Testament that I think we often think is so barbaric, archaic, out of date, that we truly need to take to heart. Because after Isaiah tells a similar kind of parable, that the vineyard, as we hear in our responsorial psalm, the vineyard of God is the house of Israel, that then he talks about what's going to happen to them. The hedge is going to be plowed over, going to destroy the crop, basically going to start new in many ways. And this is a theme that shows up again and again throughout the Old Testament, and it's a theme that we see show up again and again throughout church history. And that is the theme of chastisement, a theme that God takes away, not because he's vindictive, not because he desires to damn us, but instead as another opportunity for us to turn back, to repent, to do right in his sight, to do justice to our neighbor, and to worship him alone. Again and again, God offers them covenants. And again and again, God offers us opportunities to repent. In my own life, the moments in which I've been chastised by the Lord, whether in prayer, whether by a brother priest, whether by a parishioner, I've always been, if I'm open, an opportunity for me to turn back, an opportunity for me to receive from the loving hand of God, who wants what is best for me, knows better what is best for me than I, can, I could ever know. See, God clears away those things from Israel so that they see that those things are gifts from him. It's not because they're great. It's not as though they deserve it, but instead it is from the loving hand of God. And we too, whenever we experience those effects of sin, the social pain we feel whenever we sin, which causes a rupture in our relationship with others and with our Lord, the rupture we experience within ourselves, whenever it affects our psyche and our soul, and even just those other effects that sometimes we can't even see or, exact, or exactly articulate, but we nonetheless experience and perhaps even feel. These effects of sins, these chastisements, built into the very fabric of creation, are an opportunity for us to turn back. They're like signs on the path that says, turn back. Danger. Warning. Turn back while there is still time. This sort of warning, apocalyptic language, is something we perhaps don't hear enough. That we need to see in our own lives the opportunity to turn back to the Lord and rely upon Him alone. Because God has provided everything we could ever need to establish ourselves in His vineyard, to bring forth fruit, to do His will. And so I invite 
you as we continue through this Mass. To hope in your hearts the abundance of his grace that he desires to pour out upon you. To open yourself to his mercy in the confessional. To allow him to clear out sin in your own life. To clear away that which separates you from him. And then ultimately to open yourself to his love in every moment. To see that everything is a gift from him. Every grace, every blessing. And to ask yourself, what can I do in his service so that I might become the saint that he is calling me to be?